0: Well now, it has been a day, hasn't it dear listeners? From the news that a fresh Earthshaker has unveiled yet another Ark, to the sad tale from everyone's favorite shithole, Wormtown. Now I don't have to go into why the Ark is big news, but for those of you new to the sorry world, or just had your head in the sand, the last Ark that was opened gave us the water creators and brain jacks. I'd not call that last one a blessing. The news out of Wormtown, however, is something of a hot topic, and I'd like to get the word out as far as I can. See some of the Red Sevens blew there there on a raiding party, small but effective, and made off with much more than food and ammo. Now those bastards like to travel in flesh, and they kidnap young Jane Tartlistyke. Little Knit is a young one, barely seen six years. And if you've got your mind on a little peacekeeping, or just want free grub for life at Tarly's Bar, they were last seen hanging out by Henson's teeth. Now, Jane makes some of the tastiest food this side of the Dust Bowl, and tasty treats seems to be the theme today. Let's dig in for a taste to die for. Jackson pitched another rock through the window of the old sawmill disappointed that the glass had already been shattered ages ago. He'd busted out all the windows himself, in fact. Not a pane of glass had survived the years of them coming here. This ruin held no more secrets for them, and that made him a little sad, but more than anything, it only added to the boredom. You catch what Miss Marsh was wearing? Terry asked him from his seat at the work table. Nah, I blew off can't stand Spanish. You missed out, man. Shortest skirt I ever saw. Caught a bit of snatch. Bullshit, Smith called over. He was laying down by the conveyor belt that had once moved logs down the line. His head was dangerously close to the rusted saw blades. Swear to God. In the half-gloom, Jackson could make out the smile on Terry's face. You an atheist, Smith rolled off the belt and started to kick a bunch of old beans and weenies cans. I saw it, man, and you know what? Terry went over and started kicking the cans back at Smith. She knew, too. Dude, she's not even that hot. I bet if she didn't spread those legs, they'd squeak like the damn tin man. Jacken said just to piss Terry off. <laughs> Terry would whirl her up, wouldn't you, old boy? Smith kicked a can so hard it popped up and nearly hit Jackson in the face. I would drink her bathwater. Terry drove that point home, making loud slurping noises. All three of them laughed like it was their last. <laughs> oh, damn. Jackson's voice was a little hoarse as he wiped out his face. The dust was starting to get to him. We need a new spot. This is shit is done. Want to try the old dairy? Smith offered. He'd also grown tired of the sawmill. When they first started coming here, it had been a thrill. Now it just had played hell on his allergies. Hell no. I was picking ticks off for a week. Terry shook his head so fiercely it looked like it might fly off. Well, we got to come up with something. I got an idea. Smith sounded a little spaced out. We'll lay it out, then. I drove past a place with my dad a little while back. Let's meet up in Churchwood. Where is that? Terry was awful with street names. Directions in general, to be honest. He'd get them lost in their outings more than once for that very reason. Oh, come on, man. It's right off t Hell, that's not far at all. Nine? Jackson asked the others. They both nodded before long the boys headed out back to their homes. The three of them watched the building from across the street. It certainly looked abandoned. The letters above the chain door read, Bertson's Brewery. The boys had been waiting for a better part of an hour, but didn't want to take any chances. They'd been wrong before. A few months back, Terry had sold them on an empty farmhouse said it was behind his uncle's place and he swore it was deserted. So they all went to investigate one night. No sooner had they jumped the old fence and found an open barn door did lights kick on. Turns out the farm was actually very much active. Some guy called out from behind the lights and when a rifle shot rang out, the three bugged so fast Jackson lost a shoot in the fence. Man, come on, it's dead, Terry urged them. Ten more minutes. Smith checked his phone. Better safe than sorry. Jackson counted the cars as they drove by, six and the whole time they had been waiting. It was dead out. He thought it odd though. They weren't really far from the main street. It's been ten damn minutes already. I want to say they've gotten a huge left. Terry ran across the street and was halfway down the back of the building before the others caught up. They all felt alive with a sort of reckless joy at finally seeing something new. This town was burned out nowhere, a place you might pass through when you waited somewhere bigger failed businesses empty buildings ruins of a better time were the only landmarks they had they'd explored them all pillaged forgotten treasures to break up the boredom all but this one the brewery was a fresh temple full of new secrets jackson took a chunk of broken asphalt and shattered the dirty glass out of the back door next to the loading dock with a turn of the deadbolt the three were inside two phones and a flashlight lit up the bottling floor the lights broke across dirty bottles strewn about they spilled from dingy boxes, which seemed to be everywhere. Smith shined his light on the tarnished copper vats that stood like two sleeping giants. Jackson picked up a bottle from them on the floors. Despite the dirt and dust, the label was still pretty clear. A comical half-moon blew the sails of a purple ship. Like one of those old Roman ones he'd seen in history class. Out from the moon it read, Bertson's Odyssey, A Journey of Flavor. Ah, man... He broke the ball against a shelf. All empties. But look at them all. There's got to be full ones. Smith let out a whistle. How long has this place been down? A while. Jackson led the first expedition deeper into the brewery. There was a tasting room in the back next to the vats. The three of them got excited when they came across three small carboys under a moldy tarp. Their hopes were dashed, however, when the glass jars ended up empty. Some further inspection yielded a stairway up to the second floor office, which turned out to be in a much better state than the rest of the building. There were still notices and brew logs on the tack board. There was even a long, stale cigar tucked into an ashtray on the desk. Smith shined his light behind the office chair and onto a cabinet with glass doors. Jackpot! There, in the white LED light, was a tall, unopened bottle. This one was different from the others, almost double in size and was a bright red label. Druid's dream. Private stock. Terry wasted no time in snatching it up. He gave the bottle a shake and grinned wide when he felt a slosh of liquid inside. Nibs, he said before trying to twist the cap. Fly, like hell, I saw it first. Smith made for the beer and Taylor nearly dropped it in a scramble to keep it away. Easy, Butterfingers. Jackson flashed both of them in the eyes. They blinked rapidly at him, owl-like. Nobody will be getting a drink without this. He got him a fish head bottle opener. The other two leveled a ground. Now fork it over. With a sullen look, Terry handed the beer to Jackson. There was a hiss in the stillness of the room. The bottle cap fell with a jingle, and the boys could smell the faint spice in the air. Jackson had stolen his dad's booze before, and while he didn't agree that it tasted like piss, he still didn't like the bitterness. This, however... Tasted nothing like his dad's cheap cold ones. He let the liquid fill his mouth and roll across his tongue. There were notes of pepper and coffee, but the predominant flavor wasn't something fruity like the smell had led him to expect. It was almost meaty. Jackson forced down his drink and gave a shiver. How was it? Terry looked at Smith before he took the bottle. Well, like I just ate a steak. Jackson smacked his lips. Terry laughed as he took a long swig. A look of confusion crossed his face, and he held the light up to the mouth of the bottle. He squinted to peer inside. Right? Jackson was still a bit put off by the taste. Kind of milky, like a shake, Terry said. What? Alright, alright, don't be a hog. Smith took the drink and upended it. He gagged a bit, but choked it down. Gah! What the fuck? Dude, the other said in unison. Ah, oh, it tasted like how my grandma smells, like old fruit and, well, old. How do you know how old women taste, huh? Terry made a move to take the hooch, but a wave of dizziness hit him and he nearly fell face first. Fuck you. Smith was starting to feel a bit light-headed as well. Hot damn, what's the proof on this thing? You gotta be kidding me, you bunch of lightweights. Jackson only felt nauseous. Terry started to look around while Smith sat on the desk. There, he managed to the bottle down after several tries. Guys. Hey, hey, guys, I think something's wrong. There was an edge of panic to Terry's voice. He kept flashing his light from one corner of the room to the other. The corners, they aren't corners. What are you talking about? Jackson watched the two of them. Terry kept looking around, frantic now. Smith was holding up a matchbox to his face. He looked entranced by it, eyes unblinking. They aren't fucking corners, man. They're doors. God damn open doors. Lines wrong. Filth. Oh my god, the filth. Yo, Terry, calm down, man. What the hell's going on? Calm. Calm, motherfucker. They're crawling in. Oh, tindy. Oh, they're not fucking corners. He devolved into a blubbering mess. Just repeated it over and over. They aren't fucking corners. Yo, Smith, you see the shit? Jackson was more freaked out by Terry's breakdown than he wanted to admit Smith had always been good for a laugh and a wink. was more chill, but he didn't answer. Come on now. Smith couldn't hear him. Such was his focus on the scene playing out inside the matchbox. From the moment he'd picked it up, Smith had been completely focused on the light that had started to flare out of the small cardboard space. First, it had been brilliant, but after a few moments, it dimmed and pulsed. Closer inspection revealed a whole world inside it, A lush field, complete with a stream and tiny creatures wandering around. They looked like fat little imps, something close to a child mixed with a rat. He'd watched as they roamed and hunted, could see them fight and fuck until there were huts of them, a village. As soon as the village grew, things changed. He watched in horror as they strung up some of their own in the town square. There they cut their hands and feet, their joints were beaten with mallets. they could be bent into different shapes, unnatural angles. The rest of them danced and sang while the broken bodies were covered in tar and set ablaze. He was frozen, powerless. The burning corpses were arranged in such a way to spell out. Smith. Try as he might, Jackson couldn't get through to either of his friends. The sick feeling in his stomach grew worse. His intestines cramped and clenched so bad it felt like he'd swallowed a snake a snake that wanted very much to get out. A sharp cry caused him to spin around, scared half to death. There, in the doorway, just at the edge of his light, he caught a glimpse of someone running away. A worry crept up his spine. Had they been followed? Another wail, a little further away this time. Jackson felt a tingling behind his eyes, a need to follow, to see what had made that sound. Down the stairs he went, Something moved in the darkness in front of him, a bit of a whimper, this time by the brew vats. Behind the left one he found a small door. It was cracked just a little. As soon as he touched the handle, Jackson doubled over in pain. That serpent in his guts uncoiled and felt it burning in his bowels. He clenched his ass cheeks tight. A cold sweat covered him before the sickness passed. The door was open. He pulled it without realizing it. Jackson staggered into the little room behind the vat and froze after only a few steps inside. If instinct could have moved him at all, he'd have dropped his light and ran out of there, but shock and fear were too great for him to even blink. In the middle of the room was a bottling machine. It was small and grime covered. Attached to the top was another glass carboy, this one much larger than the others they had found in the tasting room. Inside it was a corpse. A woman's torso and head floated in the deep red liquid. The skin was drawn, pickled by the fluid she'd been rotting in. A hose ran down the machine into a tall bottle with a bright red label. That strange, meaty taste filled his mouth again as the door behind him closed with a thud.